On behalf of Lineberg Information Services, this is Bob Keebler, and joining us today is Jonathan Blockmacher to talk about tax reform under President-elect Trump. Well, Bob, it's a delight for me to be here with you, and as the Chinese curse says, may you live in interesting times. Well, Jonathan, these certainly are interesting times. There's a lot going on in Congress. There's a lot of discussion between the White House and Congress. President-elect Trump and Speaker Ryan have been together, and they're starting to work on a tax plan. What's the current situation in Washington with regard to taxes, especially the possibility of a state tax repeal? Well, Bob, there's so much going on that you can't, as you are well aware, look at any particular political matter of which tax is one of them in isolation. Both the Republican Party and President-elect Trump have things they'd like to carry out. For example, President-elect Trump has said he wants to have a massive infrastructure spending program. And the estimates on that are anywhere from a trillion dollars to up to three trillion dollars. How much that would add to the debt is debatable because as you begin infrastructure spending, you hire more people, they make money, they pay some taxes. But it probably will result in significant deficits. Indeed, President Obama tried many times to get a significant infrastructure spending program adopted by the Congress, but the Republicans being in control said, no, there's too much debt that the country carries already and we just can't add to it. Uh, that's a political matter. I'm not the first to observe that the party in power which runs up deficits says these deficits don't matter or they're good for the nation, while the party that's on the outs for the time being says this is reckless and you're really putting the country financially in great jeopardy. Also, President Trump and the Republicans say they want to repeal the Affordable Care Act, of course, known as Obamacare. Yet, President Trump has said that he will not repeal all the provisions and indeed won't leave people with nothing. And they want to get that done. They also want to do tax reform. This past June, the Republicans came up with something they call the blueprint, which sets forth some of the tax changes they want to make, which we'll get into some of those details, I think, in a moment or two. And President-elect Trump has said that he wants some of that as well. All of those things are possible to be enacted, but we have to consider that in the United States Senate, where the Republicans only hold 52 seats, any bill can be filibustered. The only way you can break a filibuster is to have 60 senators vote to end the filibuster, and then you can go ahead and take a vote and enact the bill or have the Senate pass the bill. The one exception, and it's extremely important to keep in mind, is that a Budget Reconciliation Act cannot be filibustered. And as a consequence, that means that if they put things in the Budget Reconciliation Act, it only takes 51 votes or a tie with the Vice President, Vice President-elect Pence going ahead and casting the deciding vote. The problem is, is that you're supposed to have things related to budget reconciliation in there. Well, since everything the government does costs money or saves money, almost anything logically can be put on that. But to try to do something about Obamacare, to try to do something about an infrastructure spending program, and then try to make some tax changes, all in the Budget Reconciliation Act, which is how the government's going to be run financially over the next many years, 
is kind of difficult to get all together. Along the way, political deals will be made. And I think our audience, Bob, as you well know, has to keep in mind that everything in Washington is for sale, everything. It's only a question of price. And as a consequence, it's very difficult to know what will happen because each senator and each representative is going to have to take into consideration when he or she votes for something or against something, what is the best thing for my political future? Not just the countries, not just my parties, but what is in my best interest because each of them wants obviously to be reelected. So that's where things stand right now. And of course, it'll be about another 30 days before <clears throat> Donald Trump actually is sworn in as the president. Up until now, he's president-elect and President Obama still is in control. Jonathan, how confident are you that the gift and the estate tax will be repealed? What, what will happen with GST? Well, that's a great question, Bob. And the answer is we really don't know. Uh, remember, George W. Bush in 2001 stated that his number one domestic agenda was the repeal of the estate and gift tax. But what he determined was that the cost of repealing the gift tax was just so great they couldn't afford to do it. The reason is that the gift tax not just acts as a backstop to the estate tax, but it also acts as a backstop to the income tax. If you have no gift tax, wealthy people can transfer their income-producing assets, whether they produce dividends or interest or ordinary income, or they're going to be sold with capital gain. Those assets can be transferred to other members of the family who are in lower tax brackets. Those family members then can re recognize the gain or receive the income and then give it back to the person who originally owned the property in the family. In fact, I envision, Bob, that families actually would have kind of an exchange program going for capital gains and losses, where you might make a deal with your second cousin twice removed that, hey, I'm going to give you this capital gain asset. You're going to offset it with your capital loss assets or the reverse, and they'll just have a fee very similar to what people do when they do 1031 exchanges. So I think, Bob, the gift tax is off the table unless they put in, and we'll get back to this, put in something like a capital gains tax upon gift, which Canada has. I think there is a real chance that the estate tax may be repealed or substantially changed. I mean, they can make a big hole in it, for example, by increasing the exemptions from 5.5 million approximately today to 55 million or make it 10 million, but give exemptions for farms and closely held businesses up to a very, very large number. The problem is cost. That will cost money. And George W. Bush decided in the 2001 Act that even though he wanted to have the estate tax repealed, he was gonna phase it out because the cost of doing that could then be shifted over for immediate income tax reduction. And if you ask someone, what do you want, income tax reduction today or maybe estate tax reduction when you die, well, unless you think you're going to die very soon, and if you're married, it's when you and your spouse are both going to die. If that's not very soon, you'd probably prefer current income tax reduction rather than estate tax savings, which can be postponed, again, until you or if you're married, until you and your spouse die. So I think there will be a movement towards repeal of the estate tax. 
But number one, it may be phased out as it was under the 2001 Act. Remember, it wasn't supposed to be effective until 2010. And it may be that they, they'll do something less severe than repeal it outright and just provide other relief for groups that they want to benefit from the system. Jonathan, we've all heard various rumors about the basis of inherited property in both the Trump and the Ryan plan, or in the Trump plan, not the Ryan plan, specifically they talk about capital gains. And is there a possibility of capital gains tax at death? Well, Bob, as you know, in the early 1970s, Canada, which had an estate tax system very similar to the kind that the United States had at that time, decided to repeal its estate tax but put in a capital gains tax system, not just at death but as gifts as well. The reason they put in the capital gains tax at gift is they realized that if you didn't have one upon gift, people would give the assets away before they died so there would be no, as, no capital gains tax upon death. So now Canada has a capital gains tax at gift, capital gains tax at death, and uh, President-elect Trump's plan says we will not have an estate tax, but we'll have a capital gains tax at death, essentially on amounts above $10 million per taxpayer. Now, whether that happens or not, I don't know. It would be a radically new system. And I think, Bob, maybe what happened recently can tell us what would happen instead. In 2010, Congress gave decedents an option if you died that year. You could stay in the estate tax system and receive the step-up in basis at death, and if you had an estate under the exemption, which for that year was $5 million, or if you were married and could leave it to your spouse under the protection of the marital deduction, you'd say, hey, I'll stay in the system, and I'll go ahead and get the step up in basis. On the other hand, if you didn't have a spouse or you, and you were way over the exemption amount, you might say, no, no, I don't want a state tax. We'll merely take a carryover basis. And Bob, as you probably know, in fact, I'll bet your kids know, Bob, I am the only person who ever wrote a book about carryover basis, which was part of the Tax Reform Act of 1976. For me, unfortunately, Congress repealed the carryover basis for inherited property provisions in the Windfall Profits Tax Act of 1980, but it was back essentially by election in 2010. So it's my guess is that adopting a capital gains tax at death would be so complicated, so difficult to think through, that if they do repeal the estate tax, they will provide for a carryover basis. Politically, it's even possible, Bob, again, understanding everything is for sale, that wealthy people would get the best of all possible worlds. They'd have no estate tax and still get a step up in basis. I tend to think that won't happen, not just because philosophically that may not make an awful lot of sense to people, especially considering the history of the treatment of inherited property in the United States, but it would also be very expensive. And there will be a limit to how much will be spent under any Budget Reconciliation Act, which would include changes in the tax law, including the enormous reduction in income taxes that both the Republicans and President-elect Trump have proposed. Jonathan, what else is going on in Washington right now? In particular, where do you think we are in the 2704 regulations? Well, there were hearings, Bob, on December 1 in Washington about the proposed 2704 regulations. There were hundreds of people who wanted to comment, but there was only two or three hours. 
essentially all but one group said you have done a terrible thing by putting in an elimination of all discounts regardless of how legitimate they are and for active businesses and even though the family couldn't possibly dispose of the property without suffering a discount. After that, the Treasury has announced two important things. Number one, it will not adopt regulations which eliminate those discounts. So the fear that many of us had that even legitimate, non-phonied-up discounts would disappear and not be available, even though they were truly reflected in the value of property, what you could sell it for, what you could garner, that apparently is off the table. Now, that wasn't anything official, but I think we can believe it. The second thing, Bob, is with the possibility of the repeal of the estate tax, and even though Section 2704 on its face is really a gift tax provision more than an estate tax provision, I think it will be a tremendously long time before you even see watered-down regulations under Section 2704. And that means that people who were thinking about doing transactions, of course, a lot of people thought that you were going to get a harsher system because Hillary Clinton was going to be elected as President of the United States, don't have to be concerned about beating out any Section 2704 effective date. Now, I believe, Bob, as you know, that it would be a mistake not to continue to do estate tax planning. One of the following several scenarios will erupt. Number one, we may not get a state tax repeal or it may be postponed. So if that's going to happen, you've got to continue to plan. Second, I think there's an excellent chance that any tax bill will be sunsetted as it was under the 2001 Act. Although you only need 51 votes to pass a Budget Reconciliation Act, including tax decreases or increases in expenses, but any senator can object to any bill which results in an increase in expenditures or decrease in revenues, decrease in taxes, and that must be adopted. The bill must sunset unless 60 senators vote, no, they want to make it permanent. And I don't think they can get that many votes. Again, understanding that everything in Washington is for sale, but that's what happened with George W. Bush's 2001 Tax Act. It was sunsetted, and that's why in the waning days of 2010, Mitch McConnell and John Boehner, who was then the head of the House of Representatives, and Barack Obama sat around and made a deal on taxes. And I envision that they're like three little boys with their baseball trading cards, and they trade what they want. Oh, you've got a Mickey Mantle, you've got a Willie Mays, you've got a Ted Williams, you've got a Stan Musial, you've got a, uh, a Rodriguez card, whatever it is, they trade them off. And they went into a room and they made a deal. That's possible to happen again. The reason they made a deal was because otherwise all the provisions would have sunsetted. The Republicans didn't want that to happen. Barack Obama wanted certain things, and as a consequence, a deal was made. That's Washington. That's politics. So I think, Bob, that whether or not you think the estate tax is going to be repealed right away, it probably will be sunsetted, which means if your client's not certain to die within that period when it's in effect, He's got or she's got to continue to plan. In addition, although this may sound crazy, the Democrats may come back in power and the estate tax may be renewed even with more strength than it has been in the past several years. So you just can't stop planning. And in addition, we may have capital gains tax and death. 
And the question is, what will be subject to capital gains tax at death? Well, obviously, they're not going to say, well, put it in a revocable trust so you won't own it so there's no capital gains tax at death. It's my guess is they will provide that any asset that would have been in your gross estate under the current estate tax system is the type of asset that will be subject to capital gains tax at death. So doing good estate planning and transferring assets out of your estate, if you can do it with very, very little tax cost, gift tax cost or income tax cost, and very little cost of the transaction, you need to do it either because the estate tax is going to be back or because of capital gains tax at death. Even if it turns out that I'm wrong, that they're not going to have an estate tax and you're going to be able to do something like get a step up in basis regardless, or you want a step up in basis, you can have the assets returned back into the estate. And there are two ways that can happen, Bob. First, all transfers you want to make should be to grantor trusts, the type of trust of which the income deductions and credits against tax are attributed to the grantor. And in fact, most trusts today probably are structured that way. In fact, almost all lifetime transfers, in my judgment, should be done that way. And we know under Revenue Ruling 85-13 that the grantor could buy those assets back without any gain recognition. So the grantor could swap high basis assets like cash, even borrowed cash, into the trust and get back the low basis assets that then would enjoy the tax-free step-up in basis of debt. In addition, if you're doing a new trust, you should give someone, perhaps someone in a non-fiduciary capacity, the power to grant the grantor control over the beneficial enjoyment of the trust assets. If you don't give the grantor that power, the assets won't be includable in her estate. But if you do give her that power, they will be includable under Section 2038 of the Code. So those are the kind of things that all planners need to discuss with their clients. But the biggest mistake is one of complacency or let's just wait and see what happens. Don't wait and see. Take action now because everything you do, if you can do it without significant gift or income tax risk, can be undone if it turns out that you want the assets back in the estate. Jonathan, what specific strategies should we be doing now? Should we be doing gifts? Grats, um, should we do idiot sales? Obviously, we probably want to steer clear of gift tax for the moment. I think steering clear of gift tax or any significant risk of gift tax makes sense, but you mentioned some things that are, are, are make great sense. Number one, annual exclusion gifts. Go ahead and do them this year. No reason not to. I would recommend you do it in grantor trusts. I mean, that's a very, very good strategy and should be structured, so if you want to turn grantor trust status off, you can. Maybe you want to do it to 529 education plans, or maybe you just want to make transfers. But the transfers, I believe, Bob, should be in trust. Again, a grantor trust, the assets can be retrieved, and if they're not, the grantor can pay the income tax. And if we keep a gift tax system, and especially if we keep an estate tax system, that makes sense. Another idea of which everyone listening to this is familiar with is a grantor-retained annuity trust where you can really make the value of the taxable remainder extremely small. And as a consequence, you're making a bet that you can produce a rate above the Section 7520 rate, which next month will be up to 2.4%. This month, it's only 1.8, so it would be better to do your grant this month rather than next month, because there's a greater chance it will be successful and more property will pass out to the remainder beneficiaries tax-free. 
So I would consider both of those. There's another idea, Bob, I have, I've written about, although very few practitioners, surprising to me, have ever adopted it, is called a split purchase annuity trust, called a SPLAT. And I've written about that, and that's a good idea. In addition, if you still have part of your unused, now about $5.5 million gift and estate tax and GST exemption, go ahead and use it now. Choose those assets which the client believes are most likely to appreciate in value, fund it, use it this year. If six months from now you say, you know, I shouldn't have put in that particular stock, I should have put in another one, not a problem if it's a grantor trust. You can merely swap from what's in the trust with something else which you think will perform better. No harm for that. If the estate tax is repealed and you're convinced it's never coming back, so what? And again, if you're married, you can do non-reciprocal trusts for each other. And in fact, even if you're not married, you could do non-reciprocal trusts with, say, a cousin or even a friend. And as long as you don't structure those sufficiently similar, you can avoid the reciprocal trust doctrine and therefore inclusion in your estate. The leading case on that is the state of Levy, L-E-V-Y, a tax court case decided in the 1980s where Mr. and Mrs. Levy created identical trusts for each other, giving each other fixed rights to income. But Mr. Levy gave Mrs. Levy a lifetime special power of appointment in the trust he created for her. She did not give such a power to him. And the IRS conceded that if that power of appointment he had granted hers was valid, the trust would not fall under the reciprocal trust doctrine. The court found that the power of appointment granted was valid under local New Jersey law, and as a consequence, there was no inclusion. I'd recommend you make a lot more differences than that. To the extent you can, have the trust created at different times, with different assets, with different powers in the beneficiary, and with different trustees. But that's certainly a worthwhile thing to consider. No risk of gift tax, no risk of income tax, and the potential great benefit of getting it out of the estate if it comes back. Plus, Bob, there may be other benefits, such as asset protection for the spouses. Even though they both may be able to enjoy the property for the rest of their lives, in my view, properly structured, there's a high probability of protecting those assets from the claims of either spouse, which is another important estate planning goal. Jonathan, most of today's conversation is focused on the estate gift and generation skipping transfer tax. Are there any pointers our listeners should understand from an income tax perspective? Well, Bob, that's a great question. And in fact, most of the proposals made under the Republican blueprint and under President-elect Trump's proposals really relate to income tax. In some ways, they're very similar. Both propose a top income tax rate of 33%, down from 396 both propose a repeal of the Section 1411 so-called Obamacare tax. They also propose keeping a favorable tax rate for dividends and capital gains, although it's not clear whether that's all capital gains or just long-term. And there's even been a proposal to have interest also taxed as capital gains is. We don't know which of those will pass. The thing that I would do is I would consider postponing income until next year, even though I think that there's a significant chance that you will not have the reduction in tax rates for 2017. 
It'll probably be passed well into next year, and politically, you may not get much benefit from making it retroactive to the beginning of 2017. But postponing until next year at least gives you another opportunity to take a look. It may be better to accelerate deductions this year for the same reason. One of the things that they've talked about, which is a pretty serious thing if you live in a high income tax jurisdiction like New York or California or Oregon or parts of Ohio, is that both President-elect Trump and the Republican blueprint would eliminate the deduction for state and local income taxes. That will really hurt people kind of on the West Coast and the East Coast, although there are certainly some areas like Ohio where you can have high income taxes as well. That will be a big change and in a comparative sense make it much more expensive to live in a high income tax jurisdiction than it does today. That's something that I think our fellow practitioners, Bob, need to consider with their clients on the long term. If you've got someone who's been thinking about moving, for example, from New York to Florida, or say from Ohio down to Texas or out to Washington State where there is no income tax, maybe you're better off to start talking to your clients and, and, in fact, getting prepared to do that. But the income tax changes are going to be significant. Also, if you represent a hedge fund manager who has a so-called carried interest, you should keep in mind and also let your client know that both the Trump plan and the Republican plan would make carried interests ordinary income rather than be treated as the more favorable long-term capital gain, which they have been. Those are just a few of the points I would think that our fellow practitioners should consider. Keep you in mind one other thing. You might say, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to prepay my 2017 state income taxes now. So I get a deduction now for it because I'm a cash method taxpayer. Well, there's a revenue ruling, 2002-82, I believe, which says if you knowingly overpay your state or local income taxes in one year that's going to be due the next year, you can't deduct it in the year it's paid. So don't think you can do that. Maybe you can shade it up a little bit, but you just can't go hog wild on that. But that's another thing I think people want to keep in mind. Jonathan, this has been a fascinating conversation. On behalf of Lineberg Information Services, this has been Bob Keebler with Attorney Jonathan Blockmacher. Thank you for joining us today.